Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, weavers of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorn and Bone Daddy as your hosts, we wish to help you as players and game masters, from the aspiring to the veteran, with questions, ideas, and interviews for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. Welcome to another episode of This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. Uh, all three of us are here today, Pup Nueve, Thorn, and myself, Illidine, and... <laughs> uh we are going to talk about fighters from the player's handbook uh we're just going to do a, a quick read through of each thing and then kind of give our opinions of things so thorn you want to introduce the fighter yes fighters fighters are great i'm just it's one of my favorite classes and a lot of people think it's kind of bland it's kind of uh the thing you be when when you don't know what else to be Mm-hmm. But I actually have a lot of fun with fighters. Uh, they can be any race, anything, and they're just, I think they're a ton ton of fun. Yeah. And it it starts out in the fighter says a human in clean plate armor holds for her as she runs towards the masked goblins. An elf behind her clad in studded leather armor peppers the goblins with arrows loose from his exquisite bow. The half-orc nearby shouts orders, helping the two combatants coordinate their assault to the best advantage. And it goes on from there. It's got some, it's the player's handbook. It's not the best flavor text, but it's pretty cool. One of my favorite things about being a fighter is that they are well-rounded. Fighters learn the basics of all combat styles. Every fighter can swing an axe, fence with a rapier, wield a longsword or a greatsword, use a bow, and even trap foes in a net with, with some degree of skill. Uh, likewise, a fighter is adept with shields and every form of armor. Beyond that basic training of, of basic degree of familiarity, each fighter specializes in a certain style of combat. Some concentrate on archery, some on fighting with two weapons at once, and some on augmenting their martial skills with magic. This combination of broad general ability and extensive specialization makes fighters superior combatants on the battlefield and in dungeons alike. And I fully agree with that. Definitely. Now, fighters are trained for danger. Not every member of the City Watch, the Village Militia, or the Queen's Army is a fighter. Most of these troops are relatively untrained soldiers with only the most basic combat knowledge. Veteran soldiers, military officers, trained bodyguards, dedicated knights, and similar figures are fighters. Some fighters feel drawn to use their training as adventurers. That's why we're here. The dungeon delving, monster slaying, and other dangerous work common among adventurers is second nature for a fighter, not all that different from the life he or she left behind. There are greater risks, perhaps, but also much greater rewards. Few fighters in the City Watch have the opportunity to discover a magic flame-tongue sword, for example. So, that was uh, the introduction for fighter, um, and then the player's handbook goes into like how to create a fighter, um, which you could use the quick build, uh, which is kind of making strength or dexterity your highest ability, and then depending on whether you want to focus on melee weapons or on archery slash finesse weapons, your next highest score should be constitution or intelligence um, if you plan to adopt the Eldritch Knight martial archetype, and then second, choose the soldier background. Um, The class features you're getting a 1d10 per fighter level for hit dice, um, which is your first level is 10 plus your constitution modifier, um, at higher levels, you just roll that d10 like you would for any uh, other class and then add your constitution modifier per level. Um, 
proficiencies. You're proficient in all armor and shields. You're a fighter. You're well-rounded. So you're, you're doing everything. Uh, you're proficient in simple weapons and martial weapons. You don't get any tools. Your saving throws are strength and constitution. Uh, your skills, you get to choose two from acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. And then it goes into whatever equipment you want to choose or if you just want to uh, do the gold and buy your own items if you're a little bit uh, more veteran style. And then we get into fighting styles. That's hot. Now, the fighting styles is when you get to choose what kind of fighter you want to be. And it, there's different fighting styles and, and, you know, you can be, you can basically be anything you want to be with a fighter because they are the most, I think they're the most broad ranging mm-hmm. of all the, of all the classes. Um, and under fighting style says you adopt a particular style of fighting as your specialty. Choose one of the following options, blah, blah, blah. Uh, first off, it's, it's archery. And if you choose archery, you gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls you make with ranged weapons. Very handy. Uh, another one is defense. While you're wearing armor, you get, gain a plus one to bonus to your AC. Uh, dueling. When you're wielding a, wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. Uh, great weapon fighting. When you roll a one or two on a damage die for an attack, you make with a melee weapon that you're wielding with two hands, you can re-roll the die and must use the new roll, even if the new roll is a one or two. The weapon must have two-handed or versatile properties for you to gain this benefit. Uh, protection is another one. When a creature you can see attacks a target other than you that is within five feet, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. You must be wielding a shield. And lastly is two-weapon fighting. When you engage in two-weapon, in two-weapon fighting, you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack, which you normally don't do. I think if I was going to do just a straight, like, I was going to go fighter level 1 all the way to 20, I think it would have to be between the great weapon fighting or protection. Like, if, if I want to do the damage, obviously it's great weapon fighting, but protection, it allows you to be a little bit of the tank without having to go full tank build. True. Yeah. What? Why is it gotta be straight? <laughs> I hate. Why is it gotta I, be straight? I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, great weapon fighting is definitely my favorite for fighters. Uh, followed very closely by two weapon fighting. Uh, I can see that. Just, yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of yeah. partial to two weapon fighting. So. I like archery, honestly. You like anything that's ranged? Because I yeah, because because you, you, you play because... cowards. That's okay. Well, I just. <laughs> It's just if you have a ranged weapon, um, you're more you can set yourself up for better strategic moves mm-hmm. and not to get hurt as much. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> although that's like ninety five percent. Although my what would be really funny is if you took the archery fighting style and then solely used whips and things that have a a reach property that can be considered range and still get the yeah. plus two bonus. The only thing, the only thing I have to say That's about hot. whips, and this could be on, you know, some future thing we do on weapons, that completely, um, for any kind of uh, tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. is there is no really strong whip. No, in fact, uh, Jacques the Vipper uh, from like Ren Fairs and stuff, he did a, a TikTok test. He did the Indiana Indiana Jones test, 
And he was able to yeah. connect the whip with the tree branch and get it to wrap around. Uh, however, he didn't want to put his entire weight onto the whip because he knew for sure it was going to just jack up his whip. And then when he finally you know, pretended to get to the other side, he had the hardest time undoing the whip. So like a lot of the things that we see in movies of like you know grabbing trees and swinging or grabbing a weapon you might be able to slap the weapon out of somebody's hand but grabbing it and bringing it to you is not practical a whip is an intimidating weapon it's just not a strong weapon like it's like yeah. it's like oh he has yeah. a whip oh he's gonna hurt me <laughs> but it's not gonna do anything um which is hilarious Although, I, I could just see like a monster going ow yeah, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, reskinning your whip as like a flogger for you know BDSM or something. <laughs> That's true. I wasn't going to say yes, anything because I've already like I know I wasn't, <laughs> but I mean it's kinky. It could be going on. What if, what if you're playing kinky, a campaign you know? against you know succubuses the whole time or succubi? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god what is it the the snake gina oh god let's, let's snake gina. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> moving uh, on uh, oh no Pop, can you oh, go okay second wind? i got this yeah i got this second wind is your fighter like really feeling it well do not worry not because you have your second wind you have a limited well of stamina that you can draw on to protect yourself from harm on your turn, you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter level. Once you use this feature, you must finish a short or long rest before you use it again. I repeat, it's 1d10 plus your fighter level. Please do not roll a 1 on your 1d10 <laughs> plus your fighter level. And only get yourself back. Which like I have points. done. Yeah. <laughs> Which I have done also. I, I mean, I in the higher I, levels, you know, it's kind of fine because you're like oh i rolled a one but you're level 15 so you get 16 hit points back but then you're also typically fighting against things that you know hit for 32 hit points so you're like it's a drop in a bucket got it <laughs> i know like it's i get one more attack it's like i'm hanging on by a <laughs> yeah. thread although you know it's like you're taking a deep yeah, breath i mean and we've talked about it in other episodes about like making combat more interesting i think that that does add to the role play aspect like if i'm only healing 16 oh, yeah. hp and i just witnessed you know this gigantic you know arch ogre or something hit me for 42 it, you know that's gonna add some drama <laughs> to the combat just yeah. a, a wee bit <laughs> yeah uh action surge starting at second level you could push yourself beyond your normal limits for a moment on your turn you can take one additional action on top of your regular action and a possible bonus action once you use this feature, you uh, must finish a short or long rest, blah, blah, blah. Starting at 17th level, you can use it twice before rest, but only once on the same turn. So it, it it's an extra turn. Um, I, why wouldn't it's, you? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Extra turns are good. Especially, yeah. you know, like, I feel well, like not... some of these, because we've, we've read a few of these classes, some of these t second level skills that give you, you know, the, either an extra yeah. bonus or like this one, a, an extra turn. Like, that's extremely important for like levels one to seven you know oh, yeah when you're when you're only doing four damage right and only it's have like very, eight health well, yeah <laughs> well it gives you an extra action so it gives you an extra action so things like your reactions they're not they're not reset are not, yeah you're not allowed to take an no, extra like right. reaction yeah 
but it does give you an extra action so you can use it to attack defend cower behind the rock like with your bow scaredy cat you are <laughs> with your bow you can take it to hide you know okay uh, you can take it to hide with your bow <laughs> With your bow. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I have been in multiple combat situations where I have taken my bow and sniped out the other bowmen who are attacking us. I'm intrigued. Oh, I've, Which comes in I've hand. I've done a lot with, with rangers with bows, for sure. Oh, yeah. I've, I've done some really good things with those. But that's what but, I think. Like, every time I think of a fighter, I never think of, like, oh, like, I mean, obviously, I know real soldiers in real life, yes, they have archery training um you know back in the day but i'm usually thinking of like the fencer or you know the battle master type of person like the yeah the, the knight you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff where you know we're rocking some pretty sick swords um you know something something crazy like that but you know oh i i hide behind the rock and i shoot an arrow like you might as well be a ranger so that you get a little bit of the magic aspect of it too you know yeah a uh, little bit my two cents <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That's true. Okay, I mean, go ahead. Well, I, I was like, I mean, you you can get magic as a as a fighter, somewhat. somewhat but <laughs> yeah, the eldritch. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go car, car behind the rock. Man. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm gonna take the next two because they're quick. Got it. Uh, third level, you get to choose your martial art type, uh, either champion, battle master, eldritch knight from the player's handbook. Uh, the archetype you choose is just like every other one. You get more stuff at third level, seventh, tenth, fifteenth, and eighteenth. And then, of course, at fourth level, you get your ability score improvement or feet. Feet. Yes, always. Let me, let me repeat this. <laughs> feet. Feet. And and I don't. We we. I'm gonna super. I'm gonna super cut that every time he says feet. So that way it's just like feet, and I'm gonna just put a picture of. <laughs> I was just about to say we don't mean F E E T. we don't have we really need to do an episode on just feats we do because there's a fuck ton of them now Um, yes and there uh, are there's some really hard ones and it's really fun like i i actually just spent our last session uh going through the the feats list because we were making uh, the 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 party met an inquisitor, and I was like, "What would an inquisitor have?" And I just went through all the feats, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, definitely telepathy, definitely like you know, <laughs> intelligence raising, wisdom raising feats." Like I, I went yeah. for it, full send. <laughs> De- definitely, definitely fully manicured feet. Stop. So extra attack beginning at fifth level, you could attack twice instead of once. My, no, nope, you lost your turn, sir. <laughs> Whatever you take the attack on your turn. The number of attacks increased to three when you reach 11th level in this class and to four with your 20th level. So let me say that again. You get an extra attack and then you action surge and then you get an extra attack. So, you know, attacking three times, four times. This, this is one of my favorite things <laughs> about fighters. Is they just could do it? Yeah, it's really, really, really. They could do attack and attack and attack and attack. And by the time you get up to like eleventh level, you're doing some serious damage. Yeah. Okay, it's one now of the I love you. Blink, you blink, and then the yeah. thing's dead. Uh, Fine. <laughs> I'll take the next one. You took the fun one. Um. So, the next one is a domitable. Indomitable, right? In, indomitable. There we go indomitable i can never say this word correctly 
Beginning at ninth level, you can reroll a saving throw that you fail. If you do so, you must use the new roll, and you can't use this feature again until you finish a long rest. You can use this feature twice before long rest, starting at thirteenth level, and three times between long rest, starting at seventeenth level. Which is handy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you need to do a saving throw against, say, a dragon's breath, or you're about to fall to your death, um, you know, you're getting charisma or hypnotized. <laughs> you're getting charisma. <laughs> so, so when when you have to do a wisdom save, are you getting whizzed on? Is that what? Come on now. <laughs> Come that on was now. horrible. You know that's what I meant. You know exactly what I mean when I said you're getting whizzed on, and I know what I'm that talking was about. Horrible. Brumps. <laughs> anyway, um... starting the first archetype. <laughs> we're, not talk- we're not doing waterworks. <laughs> so different fighters choose different or approaches to perfecting their fighting prowess. The martial archetypes you choose emulate reflects your approach. The first one we're dealing with is champion. The archetypal champion focuses on the development of raw physical power owned to deadly perfection. Those who model themselves on this archetype combine rigorous training with physical excellence to deal devastating blows. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, improved critical. Mm -hmm. Uh, Starting at third level, uh, you get a critical hit on 19 or 20. That's so big. Which is so, so cool, yeah. too. It's so awesome. <laughs> third level. Especially when you're hitting four times. When you're hitting four times and someone's blessed you. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. Because you... That's true. So, in, yeah. It's <laughs> 19 or 20 at third level. That's insane. So, that's that's good. Yeah. Pup, go ahead. Take Pup. the next one. Excellent. Um, so, you're also a remarkable athlete. Starting at 7th level, you can add half your proficiency bonus, rounded up, of course, to any strength, dexterity, or constitution check you make that doesn't already use your proficiency bonus. In addition, when you make a running long jump, the distance you can cover increases by a number of feet equal to your strength modifier. So you got extra leg mm-hmm. power, man. You got big legs, thick yeah. legs. So <laughs> You're all legs. I'm going to take the next two because they're tiny. Uh, <laughs> at 10th level, you get to choose a section, second option for the fighting style class feature. So, you know, we talked about fighters being more well-rounded. You could just choose, you know, like I said, uh, oh, I, I like the great weapon fighter and the protector. I could choose both. Why not? Yep. Uh, and then super, yeah, superior critical, starting at 15th level, your weapon attacks score a critical hit on a roll of an 18, 19, or 20. God, I love that. So you're, you're just critting. That's that's what it yes. is. <laughs> if your rolls are halfway decent, you're going to crit quite often. Yeah. Only a little bit, but I like it. Next is Survivor. At 18th level, you attain a pinnacle of resilience in battle. At the start of each of your turns, you regain hit points equal to 5 plus your constitution modifier if you have no more than half your, of your hit points left. You don't gain this benefit if you have zero hit points. Uh, so if you have less than half of your hit points, you get, and you, this is the way, if at 18th level, it should be a plus four on your constitution. Yeah. So you're getting nine hit points back at the start of each round. Yeah, just because. Just because. Yeah. Because yeah. you can. Yep. Why not? You know, so like, let's, if you have 100 hit points, if you have 49 or lower, you're getting that nine. Yep. And that's that's the end all be all, man. That's crazy. 
this. I forgot because... that that had that. Oh yeah, <laughs> champions of ball. Champions man. of beast. Yeah. Champions of beast. <laughs> that uh, is your that is your prototypical tank right there. Oh yeah, for sure. That is a prototypical tank. Now here's my favorite, the Battlemaster. Those who emulate the archetypal Battlemaster employ martial techniques passed down through generations. To a Battlemaster, combat is an academic field, sometimes including subjects beyond battle, such as weaponsmithing and calligraphy. Not every fighter absorbs the lessons of history, theory, and artistry that are reflected in the Battlemaster archetype, but those who do are well-rounded fighters of great skill and knowledge. This is the the knight that has survived every war for his king and is now teaching fellow knights this is the this is mm-hmm. you know miyosashi and you know the samurais the, these are the guys that study both the art form and the historical form of combat they're just the end all be all of combat <laughs> um you get uh combat superiority when you choose this archetype at third level you learn maneuvers that are fueled by special dice called superiority dice. Uh, maneuvers, you can learn three maneuvers of your choice, which are detailed under maneuvers below, uh, which we're going to get to right now. M- many maneuvers enhance an attack in some way. You can use only one maneuver per attack. Uh, you learn two additional maneuvers at 7th, 10th, and 15th level. Each time you learn a new maneuver, you can also replace one maneuver you know with a different one. The next is the student of war. So I'm going to go through the, the next two only because the student of war mm-hmm. is really short. At third level, you gain proficiency with one type of artisan tools of your choice. And then at seventh level, you know your enemy. If you spend at least one minute observing or interacting with another creature outside of combat, you can learn certain information about its capabilities compared to your own. The DM tells you if the creature is your equal, superior, or inferior in regard to two of the following characteristics of your choice. You can either do the Strength Score, Dexterity Score, Constitution Score, Armor Class, Current Hit Points, Total Class Levels, if any, Fighter Class Levels, if any. So basically, you've become a super observant person, and you know how to kill everything. And at the same time, it's trying to make you like a Renaissance man and teach you an artisan skill at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll take the next two uh, and then let uh, Illidan hit his maneuvers. Yep. Um, Improve combat superiority. Superiority at tenth level, your superiority dice turns into d10s. At eighteenth level, into d12s. Uh, relentless, starting at fifteenth level, when you roll initiative and have no superior superiority dice remaining, you regain one superiority die, which is handy as shit. Yeah, because these mm-hmm. these superiority die, like you could use them for your maneuvers, but you can also use them uh, to help you with your saving throws if you just say hey i want to you know take one of my superiority die away and just do a maneuver save um you could add that d8 to it uh starting and then you know at 10th level 10 d10 and then 18th d12 it's fucking stupid like that's just adding bonuses is ridiculous you take them as anytime you want to uh, the maneuvers that are presented, yeah. uh, these are in alphabetical order, and I'm going to read them kind of fast because they're lengthy. Uh, Commander Strike, when you take the attack action on your turn, you can forego one of your attacks and use a bonus action to direct one of your companions to strike. When you do so, choose a friendly creature you can see or hear and expend one superiority die. That creature can immediately use its reaction to make one weapon attack, adding the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. Side note, they have to still have their reaction available if if you direct a person and they have they've already used their reaction they can't do it so just pay attention to that 
Disarming attack. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend one superiority die to attempt to disarm the tar uh, target, forcing it to drop one item of your choice that it is holding. You add the uh, superiority die to the attack damage roll, and the target must make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, it drops the object you choose. The object lands at its feet. Um, and it takes an action to pick up, I believe. Distra uh, distracting mm -hmm. strike. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend one superiority die to distract the tr uh, creature, giving your allies an opening. You add the die to attack damages roll. Uh, the next attack roll against the target by the attacker, other than you, has advantage if the attack is made before the start of your next turn. Evasive footwork. When you move, you can expend one die, rolling the die, add, uh, adding the number rolled to your AC until you stop moving. Fainting attack. You can expend one die and use a bonus action on your turn to faint, choosing one creature within five feet of you as your target. You can have advantage on your next roll against that creature. If, you, if the attack hits, add the die to the attack's damage roll. Goading attack. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend the die to attempt to goad the target into attacking you. You add the die to the attack's damage roll, and the target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the target has disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets other than yourself until the end of your next turn. Lunging attack. When you make a melee weapon attack on your turn, you can expend one die to increase your reach for that attack by five feet. If you hit, you add this uh, die to the attack damage's roll. Uh, maneuvering attack. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you expend the die, maneuver one of your companions into a more advantageous position, add the die to the damage, uh, your friendly creature who can see or hear you, that creature can use this reaction to move up to half its speed without provoking opportunity attacks. So save that you know poor little archer that Pup is, is hiding behind the rock and uh, get him to move away. Menacing attack, you hit a creature with a weapon attack, expend the die to, uh, to attempt to frighten the target. You spend the die and add the attack's damage roll, and the target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it is frightened until your next turn. Uh, parry. Another creature damages you with a melee attack. You can use your reaction, spend the die, to reduce the damage by the number you roll on the die, plus your dexterity modifier. Precision attack. When you make a weapon attack rolling against the uh, creature, you can expend one die to add it to the roll. You can use this maneuver before or after making the roll, but before any effects of the attack are applied. Uh, you can push the creature uh, using the die. On a failed save, you push the target up to 15 feet away. Uh, rally, you can use a bonus action uh, to bolster the resolve of one of your companions. Uh, a friendly creature you can see or hear gains temporary hit points equal to the die plus your charisma modifier. Uh, repost, which is one of my favorites, when a creature misses you with an, a melee attack, you can use your, your die and your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the creature. If you hit, you add the die to the damage. Uh, sweeping attack, when you hit a creature with a melee weapon, you can expend one die to attempt to damage another creature with the same attack. Choose another creature within five feet of the original target and within your reach. If the original attack roll would hit the second creature, it takes damage equal to the number you roll on your die. The damage is the same type dealt by the original attack. And lastly, the trip uh, trip attack, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can expend the die to attempt to knock the target down, add the die to the attack's damage roll, and if the target is large or smaller, it must make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, you knock the target prone. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of fucking versatility. Like you, especially, you know, you get two, and then you get three more, and then you get four more when you level up to certain levels, and it's just ridiculous. You know, I mean... This is 
almost like the bat. This is the battle master's spell book. This is, this is their knowledge of just knowing what to do uh, tactily. So. Yeah. I was worried you weren't going to take a breath. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> He's talented folks. <laughs> he is. So Towards the end, I was like, I need to like speed read so I can just condense <laughs> what I'm reading because wow. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. But it it, it, you're right, it, it is, is very versatile. Um, and it just it lends to the it lends to the versatility of the fighter class in general. And that's it's something that I love. So Pup, you, you get to introduce Eldridge Knight, which will be your favorite. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yes. So what's that? You want to play with magic? <laughs> no. Um, instead of just hitting no, things. So the uh, let me introduce you to the Eldritch Knight, guys. Um, the archetypical Eldritch Knight combines the martial mastery. I thought it said um, martial sassery for a minute, and I was like, that can't be right. Um, martial mastery, common to all fighters, careful study of magic. Eldritch Knights use magical techniques similar to those practiced by wizards. They focus their study on two of the eight schools of magic, abjuration and invocation. Abjuration spells grant an Eldritch Knight additional protection in battle. Evocation spells deal damage to many foes at once, extending the fighter's reach in combat. These knights learn a comparatively small number of spells, committing themselves to memory instead of keeping them in the spell book. Which means that. Yeah. And we we did anyway. cover spellcasting in a lot of the magic user uh, episodes, so we don't really need to go through it. Um, the, uh, the only important thing is uh, in the player's handbook, on uh what page are we on uh page 75 is the chart for the the spells known for the eldritch knight spell casting so we could just go through definitely go go to that and uh it's, thorn and take it's the wizard, magic. It, it's the wizard spell list too so it yeah it is so what is that what is that Elodine? you don't want me to read the three pages worth of how no, no i don't <laughs> not for like the i don't know fourth time gotcha. that we've done it <laughs> so moving on Weapon right. bond. At third level, you learn a ritual that creates a magical bond between yourself and one weapon. You perform the ritual over a course of one hour, which can be done during a short rest. The weapon must be within your reach throughout the ritual, at the conclusion of which you touch the weapon and forge the bond. Once you have bonded a weapon to yourself, you can't be disarmed of that weapon unless you are incapacitated. If it is on the same plane of ex existence, you can summon that weapon as a bonus action. Huh. On your turn, causing it to teleport instantly to your hand. You can have up to two bonded weapons, but can summon only one at a time with your bonus action. If you attempt to bond a third weapon, you must break the bond with one of the other two. Okay, that's actually like kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's yeah. nice. <laughs> that is. Yep, that is. It, it's a really cool. It's a really cool ability. I. It's very similar to your um your mm -hmm. warlocks the uh, the the warlocks with the weapons the yes. hexblade the pact of the weapon pact of the hexblade there we go i was like i know this aren't you the warlock yeah, guy the hexblade. <laughs> yes i know but i'm also the one who forgets this things a lot and i can't help it, it with and, my puppy and heads, brain it's and just like what is that? he does head yeah that's true yeah, <laughs> all right so because what do you need hex blades for if you have elder? Okay, <laughs> moving I'm, I'll on. I'll go into that later. <laughs> on the War magic. Beginning at seventh level, when you use your action to cast a cantrip, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Extra like attacks. Extra, extra attacks. attacks. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, extra attacks always come 
come amazingly. Um, look, <laughs> you tried. I came out wrong. <laughs> tried. <laughs> so Eldritch Strike at temp bubble, you learn how to make your weapon strikes undercut a creature's resistance to your spells. When you hit a creature with a weapon attack, that creature has disadvantage on the next saving throw against a spell you cast before the end of your next turn. Which is kind of cool. I gotta admit, that's actually really awesome. I mean, yeah. anytime that we put disadvantage on on the enemy, it's yeah. I mean, that's that that is what it is. Like you, you then became the you became the magic tank for just a half a second because you added that disadvantage, and so that can help. I mean, I'm just saying, if I if I don't let somebody else die next to me, I'm gonna feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true, and. Unless you're a necromancer. Ah, okay. Arcane (laughs) charge. At 15th level, you gain the ability to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see when you use your action surge. You can teleport before or after the additional action. I always knew that. That's handy. I always knew that Pup Nueve was, you know, chaotic evil. The amount of times that he's made packs in our games. (laughs) Packs, deals. Listen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm not evil. I'm just misunderstood. You've been through like four characters in this arc. Just in this arc. (laughs) Because you keep making deals and packs. And because my characters decide they're just going to venture off into the world and and cause chaos. Become a kitty beholder. It's just... Become a kitty holder. (laughs) Last but not least (laughs) for this, the Eldritch Knight. Improved war magic. Starting at 18th level, when you use your action to cast a spell, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. That's hot. That's <laughs> just awesome. so instead of it being a cantrip, you can cast a whole ass ninth level spell and just be like, you know what, stabby stab. I just felt like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's and that's the player's handbook right there. Cool. Yeah. So we will get to uh, Tasha's and Xanathar's guide in the next episode. Uh, but for now, remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied. What's up, Weavers of the Realm? As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, click that like button and subscribe or follow us on your chosen platforms. It goes a long way to help us grow. Uh, and if you liked the intro music that we just used, it was made with the help of The Hobby Hub on YouTube and Saturn Imaging Production Company. Uh, also, if you want exclusive content like NPC of the Week, Discord access, and behind the scenes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisdungeonisoccupiedpodcast. And of course, the link to our merch store, social medias, and all the other podcast p- uh, platforms are available on our link tree in the show notes. Good luck in your games, steal everything, and have fun.